liberty, long live the world trade, long live the king, yo, I'm from the Empire State, that's another episode of Mrs. Motivation with me, your host, Chrissy Clemente. Today, I'm excited to have with me Paul Seibert, who is my friend and photographer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So excited to have him today. A little about how I met him. I actually, years ago, was a Beachbody coach, as I've mentioned in prior episodes, and I met his cousin, Kerry. And Kerry posted this picture of her cousin's steel wool photography, and it looked like there was just like fire in this cool building. And the way it just was like, it clicked in my mind, like, that's my engagement photographer, and that's gonna be the background, and it's gonna be the sickest thing ever done. And um, so I linked up with him, and we did our engagement photos together, and they did come out like the sickest thing I've ever seen. Um, Ian's picking me up and there's this steel wool fire in the background and it was just, he made it so much fun. I really remember that day very vividly and, um, Ian jumping up and chasing balloons. Paul just made us look so great, even though you were so goofy. (laughs) (laughs) I also remember the lady that was yelling at us for the confetti on the walk. I remember that lady. We, sorry, I, bought, I bought some confetti and I, we were just blowing it, like making a wish. And her biggest concern was like, are you going to pick up those individual confettis? <laughs> and no, we didn't. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been following him ever since. He's a very talented photographer and I kind of want to go into how he got there. So I want to start by asking you, what was your dream growing up? Oh, my dream growing up, uh, believe it or not, was not photography. Actually, I was much more into music growing up. Um, that's actually what my degree is in. As a saxophone player, I started, I don't know, I was nine years old and uh, really kind of took to it. So a lot of my early development in life was focused around music. And it still very much so is, but obviously photography has taken over. So I would say what I wanted to be was a musician when I was growing up. So you got your degree in music, and then what did you do after you got your degree? Well, once I got my degree in music, then obviously I didn't work in music um, because it's very it's very difficult. It's very you know sometimes it's in, in a lot of things in life it's it's not a what you know it's a who you know type of industry and um, and I probably wasn't ready for that type of push and commitment to something. So real life comes in and you have to pay the bills and you have to have somewhere to live. So I did a lot of retail, manual labor, worked in a garden center for years. I installed underground sprinkler systems. I worked on a private estate doing landscaping year round. All of those things, I think basically because I couldn't see myself working under fluorescent lights. So I was happy to exchange lesser pay and kind of physical labor for being outdoors and being on my own terms, if it, if that really works. But I, I don't think it was. I think in my head when I was a younger man, it was just kind of like, well, I'm not, there's no way I'm selling out and going, you know, work in an office. I don't even know what I would have done in an office. But yeah, yeah, I just wanted to be outside. So then before you started your photography business, what were you doing? So the last job I had before I started the business was I was working on a, a 70 acre estate in uh, New Jersey for a family. Wonderful job. You know, benefits, retirement, um, everybody who was there was there for, you know, you know that they were going to be there for 20, 25 years at least. It was one of those places where you just, unless you do something terrible, you're not, you're not getting fired. There was security there as, and as much as you did what you were supposed to do and you showed a little initiative and you had some problem solving skills, you were going to be able to make that your job for life. So what made you leave that? It sounds too good to be true almost. Uh, yeah, it was. I think about a year before I actually accepted that job. No, around the same time. Actually, 2009, 2008, my wife and I took a trip out to New Mexico to one of her childhood friend's weddings, and I had this little point-and-shoot camera. And I had taken photography classes in high school, and I learned on a manual film camera, so I had an understanding of photography. But 
I started taking pictures in a place I'd never been before. So there's mountains and desert and, you know, we went to a, you know, the Taos Pueblo because we're out in Santa Fe and it was all kind of an amazing sight. And I was taking these pictures and looking at them and being like, oh, wow, that was actually, that's a pretty cool picture. Like it kind of re-sparked that little bit of a flame. And after that, anytime we would go somewhere, I would bring this little point to shoot with me and, and take pictures. That was really the beginning, the inception of my photography journey. And slowly but surely, as I was bringing it to these places, I'm realizing like, I really, really like this. And as naturally as a creative, you know, music and more specifically, I was, I'm a jazz musician. So there is that instantaneous improvisation that happens in the moment. You have to have a wide set of skills to be able to do that successfully, but still that my brain worked that way. So I loved creativity. I loved fashioning something that someone else could relate to emotionally. So I think even as a younger man, I didn't have the confidence to express things through words. So my music was a way to show people that there was a deeper level. So as the, we're getting back to photography, it started to grow in me. Like that seed kind of took hold and took root and I couldn't ignore it. I, I went to the only photographer I knew and, um, which happened to be our wedding photographer and showed her images. And she was like, yeah, these are great. You know, I'd start to work on, you know, your, you know, your depth of field and maybe your framing a little bit more and kind of, you know, set up your shots with this and in these settings. And I, so afterwards I pulled out my little point and shoot camera and I said, well, this is, this is what I'm, I'm shooting with. She's like, oh, she's like, go out and get a full frame camera immediately. Learn everything you can. And yeah, I think you have something there. So that was, that was the start, and that was probably 2009, right? And then my first job was my sister-in-law's wedding. <laughs> not, not too much pressure, huh? Yeah, 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 definitely. When I go, I'm, you know, I'm, jump, I'm, jumping in the, I'm jumping in the deep end. So, yep, and my payment was another lens that I needed. So slowly but surely starting to build this, I don't know, animal inside me that kind of like you couldn't, you couldn't, I don't know if animal is the right word, but. It is, um, okay, yeah. It was, it was something that couldn't be denied. And I realized, you know, like, this might be something that I could do. And then from there, were you just constantly shooting weddings? Like, what was the progression of your photography career? The progression really started to, I think, take off when, yes, I had these kind of little, little jobs here and there with my wife's sister's wedding. But then also came Instagram, all right? And that was something that... At first, as not a millennial, as somebody who was born in the 70s, it, it was still a little weird to engage in. Um, so I would post and kind of do these little things. And then I realized like, oh, somehow people are getting actual pictures on Instagram. It's just not cell phone pictures. And I investigated that and figured out how to do it. And I started to display my pictures, which at the time were just things that I was shooting in my spare time. I, I really loved being outdoors. So the landscape and cityscape aspect of my feed, especially in the early days, was just me just saying, I'm just going to go out and take some pictures. If we're not going to do anything, I'm, I'm going to run down. I'm going to try this. I saw this picture. It looks really cool. I'm going to try and duplicate that, you know. So Instagram had a really large impact on my development just as a photographer. Then I think individually, I always like to have things askew a little bit. So if I saw one picture, obviously... Instagram is a place where you see a lot of the same pictures, especially in the New York metropolitan area. But I always wanted to be like, yes, I'm here. I've taken that shot because I saw somebody else took it and I wanted to kind of see what it takes to duplicate that. That was my learning process. And then the next step was if I'm going back there, I'm not going to take the same shot. I'm going to find a different angle. I'm going to find a different time of day. I'm going to figure out something to do different. And then slowly but surely I started to engage with people you know make comments like wow this is like when i felt really moved by a picture i would then decide like all right i'm gonna go out on a limb here this is gonna be crazy you know like <laughs> i'm gonna comment on somebody's picture some some random stranger and that's what i did and slowly but surely you start to make connections with people and then it was like i'm going to meet a stranger for the first time and go shoot images and my wife was like you're you're gonna you, do you know this person? You're just going you're just going to take pictures with some random stranger in New York City. Do you even know where you're going? And I'm like, oh, look, I'm figuring it out. Like, you know, and it really just snowballed. I found a really great group of people that we were 
we enjoyed photography so much and we enjoyed the process and we all wanted to learn and we supported each other and gave each other constructive criticism. And I feel like because our culture is so engaged in everything and everything tends to be overly dramatized, I had to say to new people, look, like I'm here for photography. Like if we're cool, like let's be cool. But I don't necessarily like if there's an issue, just come and talk to me about it. Like if I say something to you, Cause I don't, I don't, I'm not here for, you know, like all that other ancillary activities, um, which so often comes along with these community based, um, activities, but Instagram was a big, I wouldn't even say big. I would say it was a huge part of my development because then what I am exposing myself to are other people's perspectives, right? Like I like your pictures. Why do I like your pictures? And I would set up my shot. I would see it. And I would take a couple pictures and I would just kind of take a step back from my camera, either being on a tripod or something, and watch what everybody else was doing. And walk over and look at their frame and look at their frame and be like, oh, that's how you... So it really accelerated the learning process for me. Absolutely. You have a bunch of cool photographers that you hang out with that I follow. And one of them is Killian Moore. He's so talented. It must be, like how you said, it's very constructive. It makes you feel very confident to hang out with people who are like-minded and supportive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in Killian's case, he started later than I did, but his desire to learn, once again, accelerated his growth. And when you're around somebody who wants to learn and can take constructive criticism because everybody says like give me criticism and then they're like well i mean this is the reason why this came out that way you know like are you really listening to what i'm trying to help you with but killian and i um yeah i mean we we're we're friends we just i just saw him last weekend outside of photography there was you know there was there wasn't photography it was just hanging out you know what i mean so actual relationships outside of a singular kind of we're only on this road together because we have this in common it's been interesting to to form those relationships and have it be because of Instagram, have it actually be like a global network. Somebody will be like, "Hey, I'm going to Australia. You know somebody?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do." You know what I mean? "Hey, I'm going over here. Do you know somebody?" "Yes, I do. I'll let them know you're coming. Like I'll link you guys up." It's because of one thing, there's a, an instantaneous network if you're a good person, an honest person, someone who's open to both not only take but to give as much as you you receive from the community um you're gonna have that strong foundation based network through this stupid little free app on your phone you know what i mean it's amazing right yeah that's how i've been able to meet a lot of people and and like we were talking about before we started recording you jump into something and then these opportunities if you start to work hard and you start to think about it start to present themselves and then people start to pop into your life and these one person leads to another person leads to a place and leads to more people that you meet. And I think that if you like how you said, you're a good person, you work hard and you're truly putting in the action, these little connections seem to just pop up everywhere. And those things, you know, they always say that you are who you hang out with. So you have to keep really good company and your company teaches you and you teach them. And I think that a lot of people need to realize that, that, you know, don't be by yourself so much, put yourself out there because opportunities come all the time in different forms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get a lot of messages from people asking, you know, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I want to, I really want to break into, you know, and and in my situation, there's a, a network that's already set up for you. All you have to do is, is show up every once in a while and interact. And even for me, I, I love being around people, but I also love time alone, quiet time, even going out shooting on my own. In the early development and my relationship with Instagram, it almost became like I would reach out to my friends on Instagram be like hey I want to go here you guys want to come and if nobody would come I forgot that I could go on my own and then finally I was just like instead of asking people I would just be like this is where I'm going to be if you want to meet me there show up let's do this and it didn't matter anymore but what I was doing was I was I had to remember like hey this is your development like you're you're deciding to do this for a living and everybody else at this point that you're hanging out with this is their hobby so like I have to be in the places 
at times when nobody else can be there. Otherwise, why am I saying that I'm a photographer? You know what I mean? If nobody else can come, it doesn't matter. I'm still going. And, you know, there have been a couple instances where I've gotten some images with maybe one other person was there and like some things weather-wise or a sunrise or a sunset um, where no one else was around. And I'm looking around like, I can't believe I'm the only one here. Like, and I'm witnessing this and like nobody else is going to get this picture because there's so many times when you go to these overpopulated places in New York and you know, like that was a sick sunset or an awesome, you know, sunrise, not so much because it takes a certain person to really kind of like, yeah, let's go sunrise. I love sunrise just for that reason. You know, like, um, I've seen your live videos. You do love sunrise. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just opening an eyeballs like in winter right. too, on the, I'm on the Brooklyn bridge. <laughs> like stop, just stop Paul, please. But that's, that's, if you want to make it in this type of industry where you're creative, that's in my mind, that's your responsibility. Like I have to be out there when no one else wants to be out there. And yeah, I've been lucky on a few occasions where I've said, you know what? I'm going out and I've gotten some images that I know that no one else has. So I can almost kind of compare that story to a little bit about how like you left your landscaping job and just jumped into photography. You just wanted something so bad that you just pushed yourself to do it. Like if you have to go out by yourself, you go out by yourself. If you have to leave your stable job, you're leaving your stable job to do what you want to do. Like what were you born with this instinct? Like where do you get this, this drive or motivation from? Well, I think first I definitely want to clarify, like there was definitely, there was a lot of time when, um, there's a lot of conversation with my wife, um, but also, you know, I'm a person that is 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 a faith-based person. So there was a lot of, of praying and waiting for an answer to say, like, you're good to go. Let's do this. I got you. Um, and in those moments, I was growing. And because I'm married and I have someone that I care for greatly and I'm concerned about our future, waiting for that kind of uh, affirmation and in the meantime, learning everything that I could so that when I took that step out from the stability, I was ready for it. My motivation is to be a provider for me and my wife. And the last five or six years have been these kind of, as a freelance photographer, peaks and valleys. So if I'm not doing everything I can, then I'm not a provider. I'm just someone who's pursuing a hobby and making some money here and there. So my motivation is to make sure that my wife isn't stressed or overworked because she has been so gracious to continue what she's doing throughout these years of development of my business and my craft. So as much as I can say, yeah, I'm a hard worker, I've been given the space by my spouse who believes in what I'm doing. That's an amazing thing to have that not many people can say that they do have in their relationships. You know, a lot of people would say, you know what, stay at your, that other job, you know, like, this is what I want for our future. This is what I saw, you know, like, stick it out. No one likes what they do. But to have that supportive partner that's like, go chase your dreams, I'll hold you down is everything. And of course, the basis of a healthy marriage. So you know, you're very lucky. And I know his wife, uh, well, and she's a beautiful person. So their marriage is something that inspires me and should inspire others because having that support and friendship, you know, I talk about marriage a lot with my husband. He's been very supportive of me. And without that, I couldn't do what I do. So, and I did that for him years ago. So it was cool to see that, you know, role reversal. So that's, it's a really nice thing that you guys have that. And in your spare time, you guys hang out a lot. You said before we were recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the last six months, I've taken on a, a new role where absolutely incredible to have an, an actual full-time job where I'm using my creative gifts and work for a company called Fly Nyon, um, which is a aerial helicopter photo experience over New York. We fly around the city and other cities as well in Miami and Los Angeles, San Francisco and Las Vegas. And we, there's no doors on the helicopter and you are there. Nothing is obstructing your view. You're, you're over these landmarks in New York City at all times of day. 
getting these incredible images. And for me, it's, it's a dream come true. Yeah, so the last six months have been very intense in, in learning this new position and all the ins and outs and intricacies. So any free time has been obviously to maintain and um, keep the health of my marriage. Now some of the outside stuff that I was doing when I was freelancing and I had downtime, which is more in the Instagram community based, has slowed down. But the friendships that I've built, they're still obviously daily contact with a lot of those people who completely understand and are like, no, you, you know, you're doing what you do and we'll, we'll get up when we can. But yeah, obviously for, for my wife and I, it, it comes back down to making sure that, you know, we're good so that when we're apart, you know, and we're working, we're both, you know, work odd hours and long hours at times. Um, so there's the time that we have together. It's very concentrated on one another. That's great though. I just love spending time. My husband and I, we just went camping for a week out in Montauk and there was no cell phone service. And now every year there's no cell phone service. So I'm well aware of what I'm getting into. But um, before I would be into Beachbody or I'd be like, no, I have to get on Instagram because I'm going to lose whatever, 30 followers this week if I don't post. But this year I did nothing. I didn't, I didn't get on my phone like once, you know, maybe to check on the dogs and the babysitter, but that's it. And just that one-on-one -on -one time is so special and just a little bit of it goes a long way. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, what you were saying, like, oh, I'm going to lose all this momentum or whatever that I built up on, you know, social media. And it's kind of like, you know, who cares? It, right. There's a perspective. <laughs> we, we all live in, in our own little bubbles, right? And in our bubbles, every little reaction to something is intense and like affects us deeply right but every once in a while like a week like that you know probably is very healthy to realize like the world is still going to be spinning like there's people that you don't know that are doing hundreds of other things have no relation to you like so take a break and that's hard i mean i could say it but it's it's yeah. very hard especially when when your business or what you're doing is based in that small bubble world it's true, but it's something that's so necessary because if you don't take that mental cleanse, it's like you just, you get lost in that, like, oh, I have to post or, oh, I have to comment on this thing or I have to, you know, prepare for next week's content or this or that and the other thing. It's actually, since that week off, it's been hard for me to get back online, to get back into Instagram. And because I feel like when I took that break, I was in the moment and I was looking up more and I saw a lot more stuff. Like little things, like a butterfly flying by or like a kid fall on his face in the sand that I would have missed and that was really funny. <laughs> you know, like little, <laughs> like little things that you just miss along the way, you know, signs, you know, but, um, but it's been kind of hard. But like you said, it's kind of our business to be on social media. So finding a healthy balance of that, um, I think is really important. On Thursday, I'm going on a silent retreat and that's going to be for four days. Wow. Yes. So it's at the Garrison Institute in upper in upstate New York. And it's all about meditation and mindfulness. And I thought that I needed it because I've been so like focused on, I have to interview this person. I have to edit this. I have to shoot content for that and do this or the other thing. I've been so busy in my mind. I haven't stopped to take a moment. So I'm going on this retreat to kind of I don't know. I'm not, I'm interview people and talk. I cannot be silent. So this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to finding new ways to connect when I'm not forced to be on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you meditate or do yoga or you said you have you pray often? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Leani and I have a morning routine where we, you know, we'll read uh, scripture and then we'll talk about it and then we'll pray about it and that's how we start our day almost every day I'll say almost because obviously there are days when it's just kind of like hey I have to be in at six o'clock in the morning I can't I'm really sorry um, but we it's a priority for us um, to start the day centered around what is actually important and then let our day come to us a lot of people can take something away from that even if it's not like the Bible just Wake up, read an affirmation, get together, have some fun together, start the day on a good note. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's important. And it kind of, I think it, it solidifies us as, as, you know, I've mentioned, just we're apart a lot more. So our morning time is very important to us. 
we, we, we hold back the world for as long as we can in the morning. And then we both know like at this point, okay, day's got to start. So, um, but we prioritize that time. And, uh, because at night, you know, I'm, I may come home at eight thirty, nine thirty at night. And I just may not have any more words to speak for that day. Um, so it's kind of like, let's just watch a show and hang out and just be with each other. And we'll talk about everything that happened today. In the morning. So you've been working a lot. You said you work, you've been working at Fly Nyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that job. For the last three years, I was what was classified as a contributing photographer, which meant I agreed that when um, there was an open seat and they would call me, I would come and I would take pictures for them and submit them to them for their use on Instagram, social media, Twitter, Facebook, what have you. It was a great way for me both to do something amazing. It's just, you know, there's no way getting around it. It's amazing. But also to have a little exposure for me. Obviously their platform and their base Social media was a way for me to spread my name and, and, and what I do and how it's different from other people. And then uh, this March, I signed on a part-time position to paid brand ambassador to uh, redevelop their influencer program, bringing in, because of my connections that I've made over the years, I, there's a network there of people that I know where I never really had any official capacity or any, you know, any way to say like, hey, this person's coming, like, let's... We should fly them, you know. Now I did, and then a few months after that, I was offered the position. The official position is the director of digital content, but it's basically I'm running the social media department. I'm making sure that our creators, uh, we 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 have a message. We know what we're getting out. We have certain promotions. We have certain things, and crafting all of that and trying to get compelling content all at the same time. So that has been all-consuming for the last, definitely for the last three months, um, as I had to learn a lot. And these were, you know, I took the job, like, basically right around the summer solstice. So it was like, you're at, you're there at 10 o'clock in the morning, at least. And then, you know, the last flight is at nine o'clock at night. And learning the position, the ins and the outs, what's expected, you know, all the protocols that are involved. So we're finally starting to come into a season where, now I can be proactive and plan and have a theme and have uh, ways to creatively portray what it is that we want people to be seeing and inspire people to want to come and fly with us um, instead of just being reactive to like, okay, this week, you know, we're going to be doing, you know, a charity thing. So this week, this is what we're doing. And next week we're going, you know, it's Labor Day. So we're going, you know, this is our big sale. So let's everybody blah, blah, blah. Now it's kind of like, all right, I have a vision until the end of 2018, you know, and that also leaves space to then kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, let's think about 2019. You know, if we know what we're going to be doing, we know what the theme in our feeds are going to be and how we're going to be able to put this promotion here, this promotion there. This is all new to me too. So I'm learning on the spot of before it was just kind of like, I'm putting out my picture and these are my views and I hope you like them. Now it's like I'm an agent for a business that I I really enjoy working for and I have to make sure that the things that I'm creating and and the rest of the the social team are creating are thoughtful and in line with what someone else's ideas are. So it's kind of been it's been an interesting learning process and I really, really enjoy it just to be able to start to put my interpretation and then try and shift it through into someone else's perspective. And a lot of the photography that you take have made it to some crazy big accounts on Instagram and on Facebook, including I think the Empire State Building took one of your pictures and made it their profile picture, which that's really cool to me. I don't know. I'm like, it's a building. It has its own Facebook and like your picture is its face. (laughs) Yes. I mean, some of those those opportunities that have come out of photography and specifically through Fly Nyon have just been amazing. There's sometimes where it just, it's, it's surreal to me. Like, I'm kind of like, Oh wow. Like I don't ever expect these things. I don't go and I'll be like, I want, you know, my next goal is to, you know, have that empire state building wants to show my picture. I want to put out something that is photographically fundamentally sound. It is a clean image. It can somewhat tell a story. It can have a movement where your eye is moving through the frame. And if I'm going for that kind of classic shot, I want to find a different way to show that 
this is where I'm at. So it's, yeah, it's just been every once in a while you get those moments and you're like, oh, wow, like other people see and appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's actually very humbling. It doesn't, I'm not kind of like, oh, look, check it out. You know, like it's just a humbling experience to to have someone else appreciate it and see any uniqueness in it. So Paul's super humble and modest because the Empire State Building is just like one thing. He's had his own show called The Method on Ovation. He was featured on Adorama. He's featured on ABC News. He was on Beautiful Destinations. His photos are in a book um, called New York City on Instagram. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. And you're connected with Benro, and you did a music video, which still floors me to this day, with Frederick Eklund. <laughs> I love all of the things that you've done, and they're all amazing things. So how did you get into, um, not each of these opportunities, but how do you find yourself coming upon these chances? Well, obviously, a lot of it goes back to, you know, the exposure through Instagram, the, the networks. After a certain point, I felt like, you know, as far as Benro goes, you know, which is a tripod company, I, I just needed a new tripod. And I was tired of going and finding like these chunky tripods because let's keep in mind, folks, like I'm a freelance photographer. So disposable income isn't around. And I realized I was at a certain point where maybe I could actually leverage my Instagram following. So I just put a post out and I had a couple companies respond to me. And I was like, all right, this is great. It's not something that I like to, I, I feel like I don't take advantage of that, but it was definitely something that has helped in the expenditure because photography is something that's, it's expensive. It's not like, oh, I'm into photography now and I'm going to spend $400 and I'm good. Like this is, you know, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars that go into this. Other opportunities on the television show is actually because a friend of mine, a very, a very old friend of mine who I was actually in, in a band with for 10 years, um, works in advertising and he saw a post for an open casting call for somebody who was a photographer who, you know, had a relatively good personality and could, you know, could speak and obviously you'll have hours of audio footage from me. But my wife and I put together a video and sent it in and I was just kind of like hey you know I I responded first just kind of like hey blah 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 here's you know here here are all my platforms here's my website somebody's like that's great I need you to put a video together and I'm like I don't know anything about video like a photographer so I took the iPhone out and went on the cliffs of the Palisades so we're kind of outside in nature and there was snow on the ground and the George Washington Bridge was right behind us so it was kind of a lot about what I think it encapsulated what my photography at the time was this kind of the combination of the natural world with the city um, and how they interact and how you can use the city to highlight those natural things that are happening around you. And I got a call back and then all of a sudden I was on the call with the producer and the director and I was like, yeah, great. So, um, we'll, you know, you'll be out in California for a week. And I'm like, um, I couldn't believe it. It was one of those things where it was a friend of mine thought, hey, check this out. And without even talking, at least in the first stage to Leanne about it, it was like, I'm all of a sudden on a TV show, which was so weird. It's still weird to me. Like, but it was, it was an incredible experience. I learned a lot. Uh, made me realize how much I say the word, um. TV See? does that to you. Yeah. I've been on a, co- I've done like a couple little show spotlight things. And like, I say amazing a lot. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I have these like little words. Mm-hmm. You pick up on that. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, but it was see, um, again, um, that's my bridge word. <laughs> so I almost said, um, again, and I stopped myself. Did you hear that? Um, <laughs> but it was a unique experience. It was an experience that. Would you do again? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. It was so much fun. It was cool to watch it and like brag about it. Like on Facebook, like, oh, my engagement photographers on TV <laughs> is yours. No. <laughs> And I know that you've gotten um, to work with some celebrities and some musicians. How do you network with people and what's your best advice for people who don't know how to network and make connections? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. A lot of my exposure and well, networking, I feel if you're able to just have a conversation with somebody and find that common ground, a, a relationship can be formed in that and then can grow from there. I think for me, networking, like that term, I don't, I don't necessarily identify with that, I'm a firm believer in building relationships with people. And 
if you foster those relationships, being like an actual human being and realizing that at whatever socioeconomic status that someone else is sitting across the table from you in the long run won't mean anything. And you're just speaking to another human being with sincerity and honesty and also being open and listening to what that person is saying and what their idea for what it is they, they see that they're, they're coming to you to try and create. You can't go wrong with that. It's just as soon as you start to think that your idea for creativity or if you have an agenda with this person, then you're already, in my opinion, moving down. It's not really relational. And it's like, what can I get out of this person? And it doesn't seem like... Nothing takes off from there. Right. It's just kind of like, okay, this guy took his pictures for me. But like, I want anybody who I work with to be like, yeah, this guy was my wedding photographer. But so for instance, when I'm being hired or, or in, in an interview with some possible wedding clients, I say to them, and I believe this and, and stand behind it, that I don't necessarily just want to be your wedding photographer. You know, what I say to them is I want, if this is where our relationship begins then I want it to be the beginning of me documenting your family's history. So whether or not you have kids and it's a first birthday party or, you know, parents' 50th anniversary, anything, I want to provide and capture those memories for you. I want a relationship to be a lasting relationship. So that's how I go into each and every person that comes into this little Paul bubble. And sometimes, you know, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But if I'm investing as much in, you know, quote unquote, normal person, right? And or somebody who has some sort of status somewhere in the world, I know that I have an equal chance to make all or the majority of those relationships work. So you've mentioned that some people will reach out to you through Instagram and say, like, how do I begin? Where do I start? So I assume that a lot of photography people will listen to this. What would be your best advice on where to start as a photographer or as just a content creator for Instagram? I think first and foremost is learning and understanding the fundamentals of your craft. Because we're in a digital world and people can edit things to the hilt and can create things that are amazing, but they don't have the understanding. Like I hear a lot of times, especially from younger photographers, like, yeah, I didn't get it, but I'll get, I'll, I'll fix it in post, you know? And for me, that's, that's lazy. I want to get my image as close to what I see in my mind's eye so that when I bring my images into post-production, then I can fine tune it and craft it the way I want. But I want to get it as close as I possibly can in camera all the time. So if you're going to do it, it's you just want to make sure that you're giving it 100%. This is a craft. This is an art form. This is, you, this is a discipline. And all those words, I think, imply that there is going to be work and honing and it's going to be a process. It's not like I can say to you, I can give you three things right now and you can go out and start a successful Instagram. Like, I, I can't do that. Like, the biggest thing I can say to you is if that's what you want to do, then invest in yourself and put the time in and work and, and be a constant student. Because once you think that you've reached a certain point, you're like, I know it all. You don't. And you're probably going the opposite direction that you actually want to go. So a lot of people want to be perfect at whatever it is that they want. And that keeps them from showing what they do have. I know that when I first wanted to start this podcast, I was talking a lot about it. Like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But nothing was perfect. Therefore, I didn't want to put it out because I was afraid of the judgment. I was afraid of just not feeling like, okay, that's that's what it would be in five years. It, you know, like, but it wasn't, you know, it was going to be like how a beginner would do it. Um, so I had a lot of fear in putting my content out there. So what would you say to someone who's holding back just because they're a beginner? Yeah, I think comparing yourself to somebody who's been in whatever craft or whatever field that you're in exponentially longer than you are, that's where you're going to you're going to start to have those insecurities. Nobody starts out and is amazing all the time. I mean, I go back, I go down to my parents' house and they have pictures up from 4 or 5 years ago and I'm like, "Oh god, I'm like, mom, please take those down." And they're like, what? Everybody loves them. They come in and out. And, you know, like, and I'm seeing all the things that like now I'm, I'm just appalled that I was like, this shot is amazing. You know, like, let's go. You know? Um, but it's, it's a process. If you are okay with knowing that you're in a process, then show it. 
and be okay with constructive criticism. There's so many forums on, especially on Facebook, where you can join photography forums and say, hey, I'm looking for constructive criticism. Like, don't hold back. And that'll then tie into your last question about just kind of, you know, what does it take, right? What would I say? I would say post, use the communities that now in this world are available to us at the click of a button. Listen, don't be offended. Obviously there are people who deliver information in different ways, but if you can take something from what they say and then build, I don't think you can go wrong. Holding back and comparing yourself to someone who has five, 10 years more experience with you, especially in the beginning, you can't, that's, that's only going to slow you down because you're gonna be like, oh, that person's doing this and I can't even do that because, you know, this, this, and this. It's just not, I don't think it's a healthy way to grow. You can take inspiration from those people, absolutely. But once inspiration becomes comparison, each person is unique and, and your your point of view is subjective. So own the, the uniqueness and the subjectivity of how you see things. There are obviously ways that you can, in my profession in photography, there are certain things you know that you need to know and do there are certain rules or certain ways that you can frame things to make it more impactful, but that's, again, part of the process and learning. Um, but yeah, comparison rather than drawing inspiration, I think is, is a big kind of perspective to have. Another thing that people have different perspectives over is success. How do you define success for you? Is it money? Is it happiness? Is it material things? Is it faith? What is success to you? Hmm, that's a very good question. I think obviously we discussed that, you know, uh, there's a, a large part of my wife and I's life that revolves around faith. There is a desire to want to not only do well for ourselves, but represent, you know, God in a way that we feel like we are stewards of what we are blessed with. Being able to survive we all have moments, right, when, when life is stressful, right? And especially living in the New York metropolitan area, we know that it's an expensive place to live. But when things get stressful, I always kind of look back and say, hey, look, like, okay, so we're eating leftovers for a little bit or we're digging into the freezer where, like, I'm not really sure what's in the freezer, but we know we got to eat something, right? But in the long run, there's a roof over our head. We're not cold at night. We have the things that a lot of other people don't have. We have jobs. Yeah, we have to work hard, but everybody has to work hard on things. Success for me is being able to do those things to sustain, to then be hopefully a light and an inspiration to other people who will choose to follow whatever it is that they're searching for. It's, I feel the, the most successful when I get little notes of like, I love your pictures, but I also love the words that accompany your pictures. That combination, like that's like, whew, nice. That's success for me. I, I mean, like I said, we were blessed to have a, have a great little home. We both have cars, we both have jobs, we have health insurance. So that to me is a level of success, but the real success is when I can then help somebody else along the way. I think giving is the most crucial part to having any sort of success. You can take, 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 but if you don't give back to people, I don't think that you can ever really be fulfilled if you're not passing along your blessings onto somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would be your philosophy or motto in life? Hmm. Wow. I don't think that's a question I've ever been asked in my life. Um... Just patting myself on the back here. I mean, my philosophy is obviously to be, as I said, a, a steward of the blessings that I feel like God has blessed me with. That is first and foremost, when I walk out the door, I want to make sure that people know that there may be a certain level of quote unquote, like we're saying success, but it's how we treat that and use it to help other people. So I think really it's just kind of, well, actually, you know what? There is a little bit of a motto that I, I and like now I'm just remembering it because if you guys don't know, my wife is in the room with us and she gave me this look like, are you kidding me? You don't know what your little <laughs> motto is. You say it all the time with your photography stuff. And it just came into my mind because I brain fart moments. But how I like to express certain things in these moments where I'm saying that I'm up before anybody else, I'm in these moments, is to really show what, I, what I've coined as everyday miracles, right? Where you're driving to work, you're stuck in traffic on the bridge. But if you look up, 
in your rat race, what's happening is like there's the most incredible sunrise happening. And there's this like this glory and amazing thing that you have zero control over, but you can take and be like, wow, that was insane. You know, like that was incredible. I can't believe I got to see that. And my, I think, purpose in photography is to open and expand that perspective of, yes, we all, especially here in New York, where it's like, I want, I will help you, but spit it out. Like, let's get this thing going because I got somewhere to be. To take a minute, even when you're stuck in traffic and you're like, come on, you know, like we all have those moments like, I got to be somewhere. And instead of being in that moment, look around, take breath and see what's happening. And I love being a witness to the rat race, you know, as I'm as I'm standing on the cliffs of the Palisades at sunrise, looking at everybody going into work, you know, it's a grind, but let me show you what's happening while you're stuck in traffic and pan up and look to an incredible sunrise. Those things happen every day and it's our choice to see them and acknowledge them. So long way around, I guess I do have a motto. It's to see the beauty in things and not get kind of caught up in your head. Yep. And to kind of, well, all right, well, let's pull up the shades on our, you know, so-called mind's eye here and look at there's other things happening that are out of our control, but there's also, you know, beautiful things happening all the time. So be, be aware. I think that's the power of gratitude. And so like you can get so focused on the things that are happening around you or to you or the things that people tell you because sometimes we take on other people's drama and crap too Mm -hmm. and we just get so bogged down and we forget that like we're complaining in our beautiful wardrobe in our warm house while we're eating dinner and a lot of people you know those sound like silly little things but there's a lot people out there that don't have those things you know they don't have if i need to get something from the gas station i can get in my car instead of suffering through the rain right now in new york those are all big things so i think a lot of times you get frustrated and caught up in this like negative rhetoric like i'm so busy and i have this to do and this and that and the other thing and Mm -hmm. you just need to stop just be like i get to do this today not i have to do this and then take inventory of all the things. You know, I got to wake up next to my spouse today. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to wake up, period, today. What a blessing in that alone, mm-hmm. you know? And to go and do what you're doing through your photography and inspiring others, I think, is a big selfless mission, you know? I mean, it, it's selfless in, in the fact that you're working so hard to provide someone with that perspective in their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a fun... Well, I guess we're coming up on almost 10 years now where this journey has begun. And uh, it's been an incredible thus far journey of uh, twists and turns that I never really anticipated. I just wanted to, uh, I just like taking pictures. And it's grown into how can I incorporate other aspects of my life into my photography and insinuate some of the things that I believe in and some of the things that I hold dear and be able to, you know, gently nudge to people who I encounter and people who are just along the way to witness the images. So another one of my favorite questions to ask, which I always, I'm going to be honest, I stole from Oprah, but I don't care because I love Oprah. Maybe one day I'll interview her, but, uh, (laughs) and ask her her own question. That would be some shit, huh? But, (laughs) but, um, she always asks, what would you tell your younger self? And I always like the reflection that comes out of that question. Yeah. What would I tell my younger self? That hard work and procrastination don't go hand in hand. If you procrastinate, you're going to have to work even harder if you are invested. But if, you know, procrastination is a hard thing to get around. We all have those instances where we're like, oh, maybe I can just do it tomorrow. Um, But my younger self, yeah. I mean, it could also just be... Because for me, I've had a lot of developmental moments where it came from a harsh word, um, a strong word, not necessarily a mean word, but just like a brutally honest reflection of who I am in that moment where I've gone back and kind of just said like, wow, that's how somebody's seeing me right now. So it might be, especially from my path, because I feel like with the music aspect of my life, I wasn't mature enough 
Um, I didn't have the work ethic to push as hard as I could. I didn't practice as much as I could. I had a buttload of talent and I sat back on that and I could learn very quickly, but I didn't develop the way that I should have because I was lazy. So I think definitely, yeah, don't be an idiot. You know, even something as strong as that, like you're lazy, you know, you're going to lose this opportunity. And I think those two things definitely would to have someone say like I see through you mm-hmm. I know that you can smile and I know that you can look me in the eye and tell me this is gonna get done but you're gonna waste this opportunity so you know like even someone saying like I see that you're not ready for this that would be enough like that right. for me to have been like I'm gonna show you that I'm ready for this because inherently I'm not a bad loser but I'm very competitive you know like so that would have been enough to push me over the edge and like like what like no way he just said that to me and i would then be like all right let's do this i'm gonna do it but that would be enough for me and then once you get into that then it's like a routine it's a it's a way of life like no 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 like if i'm sitting back i'm saying okay so i did this this and this this week but i also have to do this and it feels really good to be on the couch right now but let's get it done and then you know i think definitely for me that honest and true blunt reflection is something that a lot of people need and I don't see it happening as much these days you know like if you're kind of like well you know you can work on this and they're like what are you talking about this is you know you know like well do you really want it then you know the generation that I grew up in is kind of in between like the the baby boomers and the the, the real old school you know keep your mouth shut you know keep your head down and work and the millennials which are like I just I want to follow my dreams but I don't want to be told what to do. But I, yeah, but I don't want these parameters of real world. Like, I feel like the younger generation, there is this do what you want and you can do it and make your dreams happen. And that's great. And I'm not saying that they're not hard workers, but you're also, there's a lack of um, understanding that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily care if, if it's pleasant along the way. And it's a kind of a real smack in the face when you see these moments of like, like, you can't really talk to me that way. Or you can't, this is your boss. You can't do this. Or, you, you know, like, no, like, you have to, this is where we're working. This is what we do. And so either show up or don't, you know, we'll find somebody else otherwise. And those moments of reality, I think, have been spared this younger generation. But their way of thinking is innovative and different, but it still also has to be molded into sugar-coated right it, it is so i'm in you know as a generation xer here like it's kind of like we're culturally we're that that go-between right i grew up and you know i still had to get up off the couch and kind of twist a knob to change a channel you know what i mean and we've seen technology and how it's changed lives and how even culturally we're we're different now right everybody's right. you know the younger kids they don't really know how to have a conversation Right? Because they're kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 what's going on? And to a certain extent, like, our generation is because we were born, we grew through that growth in technology. We have that essence of it, but we also have the essence of, like, let's go, let's get to work. Right. Sometimes a lot of people, this new generation is a little too sensitive, Mm -hmm. and they cannot take a harsh criticism and turn it into almost like a fuel to fire you to do better. Instead, it's like, but the way, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that a lot of people maybe don't know how to take that criticism and turn it into like a, like how you said you had that competitive edge. Like what you said, I had someone once tell me at my old job, um, because I was also trying to run a free fitness group after work and I wasn't expecting anything from anybody. I just wanted to go and help people because that Mm -hmm. was the thing that I like to do. Well, I had a meeting with this person and they told me, you are not this thing. You are one thing. You're a speech therapist. Stay in your lane. You are not this other person that you believe to be. You are not allowed to do this. This is what you're here for. Mm. And I'll never forget that conversation because of course I went home and I cried a little like, how dare this person tell me about myself. But from that moment on, I was like, I'm not one thing. You cannot define me by one career or one word. And from there, it really just sparked my creativity and fueled me to explore new things that I could do because I did not want to be under the reign of someone who said, you're one dimensional. You know, you have to learn to be able to take that criticism and not go crawl into your bed and like cry forever and Mm -hmm. be like, 
well, shame on you for telling me that. You have to use that as like motivation to push you further in another direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that however that criticism is provided to you, it's either because someone sees something in you and realizes you're not living up to the potential or or wants to push you a little bit further because they they see something or it's just when they want to hold you accountable. Accountability is a is a rare thing these days. Um so it's, you know, the answer is always like, well, I just wanted to do it, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think if you're accountable and you're, you allow yourself to be accountable, you're going to, you're going to grow. And in those moments, yeah, getting back, I guess we're all talking about what, what would you say to your, you know, your younger self? And it would be kind of like, you keep it up like this. And you're not, you're not going to make it. And I don't see you making it. I don't think you have what it takes. And because I know that I have what it takes, I was just lazy when I was younger. So that would probably would have been enough for me to be like, man, this person doesn't think I have what it takes. Like, and really look inside myself and say, but are you really doing everything you can? Right. And I know as a young, as my younger self, no, I wasn't. So that would probably would have set me on a different course. Right. To be your best self. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Where do you see yourself in the future? It's always a question that I fear the most. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't know. <laughs> That's, That's it. Okay. End of podcast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all these sage words of wisdom and where do you see yourself in the future? In the future, I would love to see. I would love to see more of the world. I would love to expand outside of where I am right now, and even like take take time and just see our country. You know, all of there's so many places just in in the United States that I I want to see and I want to go to and I want to experience for myself that I see on a daily basis thanks to Instagram and I'm kind of like ooh like I want my shot there. So in the future I see the spectrum of my exposure personally and then professionally outwardly expanding and bringing my perspective not just in the New York metropolitan area but throughout our country and then throughout our world. So yeah, that's it. That's great. That's a great goal to have, and I'm sure you'll be able to accomplish that because you've grown so much in just not even 10 years. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. yeah. From your lips to God's ears, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so great to talk to you today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. And it's funny, you know, even just hearing it in the, in the, in the intro talking about why, how you found me, that it seems like ages ago, but like those moments you know, bring you right back. So it was, it was really nice. It was really great. It really was. I swear I have so many vivid memories from that day. And you know, what's funny is that, like you said, like when you first started out, you were just like telling your wife, like, oh, I'm going to go shoot these people. And we're like those people. And we're like, my husband's like, do you know this guy? Like, where did you get him? Like, <laughs> it's going to be dark out. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like you constantly put yourself out there and then you make these wonderful connections. Just if you if you try, you know, take a risk. Absolutely. And yeah. we have those memories um, to last forever. It is Actually, still Ian's screensaver on his phone, your picture. Oh, that's so cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Take that little nugget with, home with me. That's yeah, amazing. the steel wool. And it's been four years. He yeah. loves that. I mean, we both love that picture. So it's great. And we'll have you in our lives forever. So Likewise. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. So where can people find you on social media and follow you? uh instagram as we were talking about my username is beholding eye one word beholding eye and people always ask me where does that name come from it's and kind of you know the, the old phrase that you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder and this is what my eye is beholding as i see to be beautiful so hence that on facebook it's paul cyber photography that's more that's what my company name is website is paulcyberphotography.com twitter i think is something like Cyber photo but i haven't neglected twitter for quite some time now so my apologies if you actually go to the twitter account and see i haven't posted there in a year but <laughs> such is life yeah the most current and up-to-date are always going to be instagram and facebook so right come on by send me a note and uh and they can find you on fly nyan as well right fly nyan yep yeah yeah most of the images that you see on our feeds are you know especially over the last six months are mine we have obviously we have other photographers and videographers on staff there and 
we intermingle our content. As we are agents for our company, we don't really tag ourselves in it. But yep, that my work can also be seen there. Well, thank you again for coming on today. It's been so much fun. And I'm so happy you brought your wife here, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so this has been really great. And I hope you come on again in the future. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Let's yeah. do it. Right. Let's, let's start the series. Listen, I'll do I'll do a series where you teach me whatever you know. I'll take it in. I'll pass it forward to other people. We'll do like a how-to series. It'd be fun. That'd be great. Yeah, don't give me ideas. I'll go run with them. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. And if you or someone you know has a story that would, you would like to share with me, please feel free to email me at christyclemente at gmail.com. Or you can go to my Instagram at Mrs. Motivation and you can click in my link tree and apply to be on the show. Peace out until next time. Peace. Later. Yeah. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely leave from. Yeah.